but I saw, you know, my skin got better. Like I had cystic acne and all of a sudden that was gone and I felt good. My energy was good. And, you know, the inflammation around my stomach, which I just thought was like, oh, I've got a fat stomach. It went away. And all these things started to happen. And then my migraines over time got less and less. At this very moment, you're entering the vortex of Mystic Podcast. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Mystic Podcast. Thank you for being here. Thank you for taking the time to hang out and to tune in to this vortex. I want you to know that I love you and that I appreciate your presence and your essence in this community. So today I have Angie Sinsom with me and I am so excited to dive into this conversation because Angie is not only a super cool human and super open and easy to talk to, but also her ways of seeing a relationship with food and her ways of teaching and relating to others how she's changed her relationship with food, how she eats nowadays, how she has a lifestyle around wellness. It's just so cool to dive into. So this is a topic that we haven't really covered in any other episode of Mystic Podcast as deep as we will in this episode. So I'm so excited to bring to you her mind and her way of seeing things because I love the idea of not going so strict on anything, but being um, doing things in a sustainable way. So she changed her entire diet and she's, you know, built her whole life and business around wellness and happiness and well-being and health. And it's so interesting to hear from her how she makes it so easy and so accessible and so fun to listen to her story and how she brought all of this for herself and all the change that she's made um, in her community. So just to dive into a little bit of who she is. She is, um, Angie Simpson is a health and happiness coach. She's the founder of the Health Hub, which is something that we covered inside the podcast, is a worldwide online health program that is designed to hold your hand and hold you accountable as you make long-lasting and sustainable changes to your health, mindset, and overall well-being. She's also the founder of the Gratitude Gang, which has been awarded one of the fastest growing girl gangs in Australia and New Zealand. So we have an amazing, amazing guest today, and I hope that you enjoy this conversation as much as I did. So let's dive right in. So thank you so much, Andrew, for being here with us and for sharing your time and your energy with us. Of course. It's actually my pleasure. I'm so excited to chat with you. I think what you're doing is just absolutely amazing. And I love your accent so much. <laughs> oh my God, I was going to say the same. I was like, I love your accent. <laughs> so, you know, I'm so excited to have you here because in the Mystic Podcast, we haven't really had somebody that talks about health and, well, yes, but towards a spiritual energetic point of view, but not really the nutrition part and the food relationship yeah. and, and pretty much a lot of the stuff that you're that you do and, and the amazingness of the things that you have created. So I'm so excited to kind of dive in into the your own, you know, wellness journey and, and what brought you to creating these amazing projects and creating, you know, the platform and the community that you have created for yourself and for everybody that is involved. So I want to hear a little bit about, you know, your story with wellness and what brought you to the creation of what you've created so far. Oh, there's so many parts to it, but the very short version is I kind of, you know, I feel like people have these big life-changing moments. Like I know you did. I know that you had a really big kind of, wow, okay, now I'm going to start living moment. I didn't really have that. I, <laughs> I've always suffered from migraines my most of my adult life. Um, and it was kind of more of just like, a, okay, this is really affecting my life and I need to do something about it because I want to live and feel well again. And so I just started to get really curious and I just became so obsessed with feeling good. My partner actually makes jokes about it that he's like, I feel like your mission in life is just to always feel good. I'm like, I want to wear the comfy oh. robes and I want to be in the silky bed sheets. And I'm like, give me all like massages every week. Give me all the things. And I want to eat the yummiest food. Hmm. But for a lot of people, they're like, I want to eat the yummy food, but 
doesn't make them feel good after. And so when I became obsessed with feeling good, food was such a big part of that because if you don't eat food that makes you feel good after, you kind of have this like moment of joy and then you can have like a good couple of hours of feeling really, really bad. And so that exploration of trying to figure out what was causing these migraines and what would heal them kind of just took me onto this journey of like what feels good and what makes me feel good and life feel good, you know? And it's such a beautiful thing because I was hearing about your story, you know, before we came into the podcast and I was listening to you saying that a lot of the people think that it hit, like it take it takes us like to it take us these moments where we hit rock bottom where everything is, you know, mm. going to to the hills and 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 just life doesn't make sense anymore. But what if we change our lives before we hit that rock bottom and what if actually we don't need to wait until things don't work for us to make a change and i think it's so interesting that you're saying about this relationship with food because i also believe that our our society is based so much in deprivation and in you know feeling guilty for for wanting to feel good for wanting um to in general to kind of have this lifestyle this life is lifestyle in which you just feel good and that's your aim. So it's so mm-hmm. beautiful to hear that as you're saying, it's just like this curiosity of like, what if this life is just all about feeling good and things like that? And and that is such a such a, an amazing way of thinking about it, I believe. But I'm sure there was there were things that eventually, you know, guide you through different places in your life that you made certain changes and things like that because I remember you said something about your migraines and how that you know affected your well-being because for example for me when it comes to food I believe that food has such it's such a mirror for our relationship with ourselves like our relationship with food shows so much about what we think we're worthy of what we think we deserve and like so many things so how do you see that relationship with food and and how does the migraines change so much for you well I think I mean the first thing was I realized the connection with food and migraines um when I I went to a doctor and I just kind of was like look I've got this thing I've got these migraines I get them sometimes once or twice a month sometimes like once a week and they affect my life I can't do anything when I get them I can't see I couldn't drive like if I got one when I when I was driving I have to pull over and I'm out for a couple of hours so it's like you know, if I'm driving somewhere far away, like if I was on the highway, I have to pull over, leave my car there and essentially figure out a way to get someone to come and take me back to it the next day or hours later. And I wanted to have kids. And I thought to myself, you know, if I had a baby and I got a migraine, like, what do I do? Like who takes the kid? And when it's just you, it's so easy to look after yourself and kind of be like, okay, I've got a migraine. I'll, I'll get a taxi home and I'm good. But I'm like, oh my gosh, if I have a newborn, what do you do here? And so I went to a doctor and kind of, you know, spoke about my options, which I had tried everything. I had literally gone to migraine clinics when I was younger and they'd done tests on my brain. I had tried all these types of drugs and nothing worked. Like everything was a band-aid. And she said to me, you know, you should really look into your food because I was eating for joy. And I think when you're, when you're 20 and you eat junk food, it doesn't affect you (laughs) as much as it does when you're like 30 and eat junk food. So she said, you know, you're eating so many preservatives and you're not eating really much at all from nature. I was having chocolate cereal for breakfast. I was having like fish and chips or takeaway for lunch and then snacking on biscuits and cookies and having microwave dinners um, and then ice cream. But, you know, you know, when you're young and like you just thin and everything, you're like, if I'm thin, I'm healthy, right? So it's fine. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, when she explained to me, like, if you eat more whole foods, you'll actually feel really good. And I started doing that. And I didn't expect that my migraines would get better. Um, but I saw, you know, my skin got better. Like I had cystic acne and all of a sudden that was gone. And I felt good. My energy was good. And, you know, the inflammation around my stomach, which I just thought was like, oh, I've got a fat stomach. It went away. And all these things started to happen. And then my migraines over time got less and less. I still get them occasionally, um, especially if I've got stress or if I, you know, have a big night or like eating a lot of bad foods or if, you know, it's certain times of the year with the weather. I'm still learning to manage them, but I just started to feel 
so good. And you're right about the relationship with food. And I still get into the habit of when I was young and I would get migraines, my mum would make me a ham sandwich on white bread when I felt better. (laughs) And I still crave that. And it's not because I actually want a ham sandwich on white bread. It's because I want the comfort of my mom laying in bed with me and giving me a sandwich. And it's like, I feel better now. I like, this is my ritual. So, so often food is not actually about, oh, this is the food I feel like I want. And I feel like I need to eat. It's like an emotional connection of like, well, I got rewarded with ice cream. So if I do good, I should eat ice cream now. Do you know what I mean? Totally, totally. And I, that's, I think that's the thing is like sometimes and a lot of the times we're not really acting on the present moment. Like we're not really interacting with what's in front of us. Like the ice cream that's in front of us or the green juice that's in front of us. It's like the memories that we relate to of those things. And then we, if we are not awakened to, okay, why, why is this? So why does this make me feel this way? And there, is there another option that also makes me feel this way? If we don't awaken to those patterns, I feel like we just continue continue to do the same so for you was it like a big like diet drastic change or how how was that it was so I did 30 days of only whole foods so only fruits vegetables and I could have animal products so I could have meat so essentially I cut out dairy gluten and sugar Um, And it was massive and it was hard because I was addicted to sugar and I hated it. I remember one day going into the cupboard and I had like a container of just sugar, like raw sugar. And I just took a teaspoon and I was like, I just need (laughs) a teaspoon of sugar. Oh my gosh. Like so bad. I was like, I just need sugar because I was having such bad withdrawals. But, you know, I really persevered because I was like, I just, I need, like something needs to change. And I need to feel better in my body. And once it was like a couple of days, like once you get past the detox systems, symptoms, it's like, okay, now I'm starting to feel really good. But in saying that, I'm not super strict around food now. So I know the things that I can eat and that I can't eat. I know that I can tolerate certain grains, Hmm. but I can't tolerate others. I know that Gluten doesn't make me feel good, but I can still eat sourdough bread. And I feel like I know that, you know, I can do um, white cheeses. So like goat's cheese is really fine for me. But if I have like a milkshake, I feel really sick. But I will still indulge in ways. And I think the thing that people think is it's like, oh, well, if I eat healthy, I never get to have my favorite things. And the truth of the matter is if you eat really healthy, you actually create such a strong foundation within your body and you really support your gut to be able to handle sugar, gluten, dairy when it comes into your system. So I still eat those things occasionally. Like when I was pregnant, I had a craving for a really big milk, like a thick shake, like the one that like you almost can't suck it through a straw. (laughs) And I was totally fine because my body can handle that because 95% of the time, 99% of the time, I eat in a way that allows my body to heal itself. So when I do have something that isn't so great for me, it doesn't react as though like, oh my gosh, the world is ending. But it kind of goes, okay, that wasn't nice and I don't feel great, but I can heal from this because there's a lot of really good stuff coming in most of the time. And I think if you can do it in moderation, Um, you know, if you can really just come from a place of, I can have what I want when I want, but I'm not going to eat it out of an emotional, um, need or to chase a chemical reaction. And one thing that I learned that has been so impactful with my relationship with food is the first three bites that we have of food, we actually have a chemical reaction to the food. So if it's really yummy or if it is sugar or something, we actually release certain um, hormones and chemicals in our body and you get a feeling. After the third bite, you're actually just chasing the feeling, Mm. right? So the hormone hormone levels spike, you go, oh, that felt really good. Oh, this was so yummy. Oh my God, I want to keep going. And then after the third bite, they start to go back down. And when you keep eating the cake, the donut, the pasta, whatever it may be, you're actually unconsciously hunting for that feeling again. So you're like, okay, I want it. I want that feeling. And you think it's going to come from the food. And so this changed everything for me because now when I go out, if someone orders dessert, I go, hey, can I have some some of that? Like, can I have a couple of bites of that? And I know three bites in, 
it's actually not tasting as good anymore after that. And I've had my chemical reaction, the thing that makes me feel really good. And I don't need more because after, and you guys, like anyone listening might notice this, you go for like a bag of cookies and the first one tastes amazing, but the eighth is like, you know, you're like, I just, I want it to taste like the first one That's tasted. That's so, so true. Because you know? I, yeah. I felt it too. It's like you're, you have it in your mind and you're like so excited about it. And it's like the anticipation of it. And then you have, you know, the first two to three bites and you're like, oh my God, this is amazing. Yeah. And after that is just, you kind of lose that, but you, you kind of continue for some reason. Yeah. You're like, I just got to continue. <laughs> yeah. And if you know that, like it is all education. Like if you know that, and if you know that, you know what, right now I'm not actually eating for joy. I'm eating, hunting for a reaction and yeah. I can put this away and maybe I'm going to have two bites, three bites of it tomorrow and I'm going to get that feeling again and I'm going to satisfy that need. And maybe when you go to have it, you actually don't want it again. And you're like, hey, I'm okay. Like just pausing and giving yourself a moment to say, what do I actually want right now? Um, and I always say, you know, if you're going to have something that you know your body doesn't react well to, which like I said, is usually the inflammatory things of sugar, gluten, dairy, um, for some people, things like soy as well. Um, always before you have it, have a really big glass of water and wait five minutes and then ask yourself, okay, do I still want it now? Like, do I still want this now? And I think just getting yourself into this like routine and ritual of not creating deprivation, but just creating more rituals that allow you to connect back into your body and say, what am I hungry for right now? Is it food or actually do I really need a hug or am I just really mm -hmm. tired or do I need some water or do, am I angry and I need to like talk to someone about these feelings I'm having? Like, what do I actually need right now? You know? Yeah. Because it you know, that awareness, I also feel often find it that it's avoidance too. It's like, what am I avoiding to feel, to see, to think about, to, to experience? Because I feel like it can numb us in many ways. Mm -hmm. We can just, you know, I don't want to think about this. So you can sit it with your ice cream. And then, you know, an hour later, you're like, I just, I want to like, you know, completely just get out and like hide somewhere. And then the food can numb you for that. So I feel like, it's so beautiful what you're saying because that pause and it could also be like that own spiritual awakening of like, you know, being in the moment of like, yeah, I don't want to think about this, you know, this things really suck right now. And I just don't even want to, but it's like, okay, can we do something that is better for the long run? Like maybe a walk or maybe something else or, and just noticing yeah. those patterns. But one thing that, you know, being completely honest here, that for me was the thing that it stopped me for so long to eat eating healthy and and changing my habits was that I just didn't know how to cook. Yeah. Just I you know because I mean I didn't grow up so I want to I want to I want to ask you this like how did you grow up? Like what was your relationship growing up? Did your mom and your dad like to cook? What did they think about health? What did they yeah. allow you to eat or didn't allow you to eat? Like how was that? So my I love my family so much but health was never a value. <laughs> so I I would, I grew up having sandwiches or cereal for breakfast. Um, lunch was like sandwiches and like tiny teddies, like little chocolate biscuits and cheese and things like that. Um, every single night for dinner, I had spaghetti bolognese. It was wow. all my mom could get me to eat. No vegetables. She tried hiding them. I would refuse it. Um, and then I would eat dessert. We would we would go through McDonald's drive through after school and get a Happy Meal some days. I loved McFlurries. My first job was in McDonald's and I, I used to just, <laughs> I would get McNuggets and I would dip them in ice cream and that was like wow. heaven. Um, I, would, I would eat so much junk food. So I never learned to cook. My relationship with food was not great. I actually, um, I remember the day that I first went grocery shopping for foods that I had never heard of. And I, on, I, I got a recipe book, my first ever recipe book. And I was like, right, I'm going to make this chicken thing. It's and like, I walked, I, I've been there when you're like, when you have these yeah. recipe books and you're reading the list and you're like, I don't understand anything that is in those recipe books. <laughs> totally. And like back then, I don't remember if I didn't have the internet on my phone or whatever, like for whatever reason, I'm walking through the shopping center and I'm in the fruit and vegetable section 
and I'm like reading all of the little boards with the names and I'm like, I just, I cannot find this thing. It's called cumin. I can't find it. And I'm like, where is this cumin? And I walk up to someone working there and I'm like, I need to find a cumin. And they're like, sorry. And I'm like a cumin. I don't know what it is, but like this recipe, it looks kind of, maybe it's this potato looking thing that I, I don't know. And they're like, how much cumin do you need? And I was like, well, only a teaspoon. I need like only a small part of it. And they're like, okay, so this is a spice. And they take me to the spice aisle and I'm like, oh my, I have no idea what I'm doing. And, you know, people say I can't cook and I, you know, I don't know what I'm doing. And I'm like, it's, it can be so basic, so Mm -hmm. basic. And I couldn't cook, but I just practiced and I was Mm -hmm. really bad at it. And I burnt a lot of things and I even gave my ex-husband food poisoning one night, um, like I, oh like everything. God. Like it's been, it's been so bad. But now I'm only good at it because I've done it a lot, which is like everything, anything that you want to be good at in any way, you just have to do consistently. You don't need to be phenomenal at it. But if you're like, I can't even cook rice, start there. Just go online, how to cook rice, like easiest way to cook rice and just do it every day for like a week and by the end of the week you'll be phenomenal at making rice and then just work on other things and make it easy for yourself like an air fryer do you guys have air fryers over there yeah yeah so I I don't have it with me but I've but I've I've had it in when I was living in LA with my roommates um we just got obsessed with air fryers and we just bought one and we're so obsessed with it I love I absolutely love air fryers oh it's so good but like Mm -hmm that makes life so easy. Like get an air fryer, put some chicken and veggies in it and it's good to go. So, and I think we're really blessed right now living in a time when we do of like Pinterest. Pinterest Mm. is where like, if I'm ever like, I don't know what to cook. I go onto Pinterest and I'm like one, I look up one pan dinners. So stuff where you just put everything into a roasting tray, you put it in the oven and you walk away. So good. absolutely love it. Yeah, I mean, and that's I think it's so interesting, you know, our relationship with food from early ages to now, because especially if we didn't grow up with that kind of, you know, health is important and eating this way is important and everything like that. It's so easy to just say, well, I never learned how to cook. I never had this, you know, the pleasure to even know how to cook and things like that. And, you know, people when they're cooking for themselves too, it's like, well, you know, kind of a project just for me. But yeah. from, from my interesting story, and I don't, I, I don't think I've ever shared it, is, you know, when we moved to the states, and my mom had always had maize in her in in her house, and people cooking for her, and then all of a sudden we're in the states, and nobody's cooking for us, and my mom has no idea how to cook, and everything that she was cooking was just so awful. So we would just, you know, eat outside all the time and eat junk food and just kind of figure it out here and there. And it was not until I moved to LA to live with my aunt that she is a chef. I mean, she's obsessed with food and she loves it. And she and her husband just love to cook. And I think for me, that changed so much on the perspective of being around somebody that loves to cook and being around somebody that cooks really good. And you're like, well, I can't get this. Like, it gets so good that even when you go out to the restaurants, you're like, it's not even, it's not even that good. Like it's better at home. And when you have that, I think that's what started me to, to just try things out and to fill and to learn it. And here in in my home too, with David, like sometimes I'm like, well, this is the first time I created this recipe. So it's probably going to be great, but I'm telling you, it's going to get better and better and better. And so it's so interesting to hear you even saying that, that even you who have devoted your life to, to wellness and to health, it's, think that it's something that you evolve is something that you practice and you get better and better and better at it because the truth is I mean I think they should teach you how to cook in school but they don't (laughs) yeah Yeah. I remember doing like we had um home economics and like our cooking classes where they gave us a cake like in a like like a Sara Lee, I don't know if you guys have Sara Lee chocolate cake, which is like a cake in like a tin thing and it's got a lid and it's in the freezer section. And they taught us how to chop strawberries and decorate a pre-made cake. And I'm like, (laughs) that was home ec. Like that's what we got back then. Yeah. And now I'm always just so blown away. Like you can cut up some zucchini and some squash and get some broccolini and put olive oil and salt and pepper on it 
put it in the oven, take it out, crumble some goat's cheese over and squeeze lemon juice. And it's the most simple thing and it tastes so good. And I'm like, we don't have to be complicated about it. I think that's probably one of the mistakes people make around cooking is you think, oh my gosh, I've got to, you know, it's going to be so fancy and I've got to use all these things. I'm going to make this sauce. And it's like, no, lemon makes everything better. Like lemon and salt (laughs) and pepper makes everything better. But also like, just just start at the, the absolute basics. Can I roast pumpkin in the oven? No? Okay, I'm going to get really good at that. And I'm going to make it taste really good and put cumin on it because it's a spice, not a vegetable. <laughs> <laughs> and just make it really easy for yourself. Like just make it simple because if you complicate it and it becomes too much of a big thing, then you're not going to do it enough. Like you're not going to do it because it's going to be too hard. And, you know, the rule is, cook once, eat two to four times. So cook one batch of something and have enough that, you know, if you like, if you lived alone, have enough that it's dinner for the next night as well, or it's lunch for the next day. Because if you're not good at cooking, the last thing you want to do is be cooking two to three meals a day. Mm -hmm. And like, oh my gosh, like this thing that I don't like, and I don't think I'm good at is now taking over my entire life. So I'm gonna take that. Them. I'm gonna take that tip of of cooking a little bit more. I feel like sometimes I cook too little, and then I'm cooking yeah. a lot. But yeah. just you know, cooking more so that I can have leftovers the next day just sounds like an amazing thing to go to. Yeah, I'm always like, why roast a chicken when you can roast two? Like, if you can fit two chickens in your <laughs> yes. oven, just do two at once, and then you have like you shred it, and then you've got yeah. like food for the next week. <laughs> it's so good. It's so true. It's so true. I love that. I'm quickly interrupting this episode in case you're hearing anything that is resonating with your heart and you feel like you're ready to enter another vortex and work together at a deeper level. Magic Activator is a magical community of weekly activations and monthly transmissions. I've created this community to help you navigate your up levels and spiritual awakenings in grace and full support. You can think of this as your cosmic family. We move through energetic waves together and we create incredible and powerful shifts on a weekly basis. To learn more about Magic Activator, you can go to the link in the show notes and you'll get to learn all the details and how to join us today. Another amazing way to work together yet a lot more intimate is through an energetic soul reading. These private sessions are tailored to your specific path and your soul's purpose. Together we dive into what's currently upholding your expansion, we uncover dormant intuitive gifts, and we release energetic entanglements to reconnect you back with high frequency and divine source. These sessions are a combination of trans-channeling, energetic healing, and downloads of your highest vision and purpose. So basically, you can think of this as everything you didn't know you needed to hear and heal to fully embody and activate your inner magic. Every month, I open a few spots for these intensive sessions and to claim yours, go to the link on the show notes and check my availability. Now, let's go back to this episode. One of the things that I love about what you stand for too is the abundance without sacrifice. I know you have created an amazing business and I know you're an amazing entrepreneur. And I think it's so important that piece of the non-sacrifice of health, non-sacrifice of energy, non-sacrifice of your own life or the creation of other people's lives. Because I think a lot that is happening right now with like leaders like you and I in, in the old paradigm thinking of, you know, your life is your work and you give everything and then you don't have anything else or you have to, you know, do this or that and you cannot have it all and things like that. You have an amazing family. um, You have an amazing company and you have an amazing life. So how, where do you stand in that like abundance without sacrifice? How would you talk a little bit more on that? It's actually funny you say this. I had a friend come over today and I was sharing with her about a challenge that I've had um, last week in my life. And I was like, Oh, you know, I was venting to her about it. And she said, well, you know, it can't all be good. Like there's got to be something. And I was like, I'm sorry, what? And she's like, well, you know, you can't have a great relationship and like successful business and be happy and have great kids and like good. Like, she's like, you can't have it all. There's got to be something. This is just, this is just your something. And I was like, Whoa, no, (laughs) I'm like, you can't like, 
No, you don't have like you don't have to be like, well, everything's really good, so I've got to have this one really bad thing. My opinion on that is that people believe you can't have it all for whatever reason that's been ingrained in them in childhood or has been preconditioned in them for whatever reason. My belief is that it's actually our duty to be really happy and to be high energetic beings and to work towards having it all and what that looks like for us, not what it looks like for other people. And I think a lot of people get stuck in, okay, how do I have the perfect life based on what, you know, Sarah next door thinks is the perfect life? What's the car that I need? What's this? It's like, no, you can focus on what really makes you happy, not what I think is success and what I think is happiness. More people in that energetic vibration is what the world needs. The world right now is so packed full of people in a low vibration that are depressed, anxious, living below their potential in such a big way because they're either too lazy or too scared or, you know, are telling themselves stories of why they can't do something. We collectively contribute. I don't know if you believe this, but my belief is we collectively contribute to the vibration of the earth. and telling yourself, well, I can't vibrate up here at joy and love and happiness and abundance. You know, that's not fair because there are people that are vibrating down here at fear and envy and, you know, these awful vibrations. I can't be up here if they're down here. It's like, no, you actually need to be up here because this rises the collective, like the collective energy of the world. And so I think when people get into this limiting belief of, no, you can't be happy, it's just asking yourself, who who told you that story? Who said that? Like, who gave you that belief? Because it's actually our birthright to be so joyful. And there are so many people living in this earth showing that you can have it all. And when you meet people who say, oh, well, they look like they have it all, but, oh, I, you know, I think her husband's not very nice. Or, oh, they look like they have it all, but, you know, everything they own is rented. Like, they don't own anything. Or, oh, you can have it all, but, Mm. you know, she's got an eating disorder. Or they say something... That's not anything to do with the person they're talking about. That's to do with the person who's speaking, them limiting belief around having it all. And I think if we can consistently be working towards, you know, what what does it take to be happy? And having a happy life doesn't mean that everything works out. There are definitely challenges that come my way. I've had health challenges. I've had heart surgeries. I've had a divorce. I've had everything. And this joy doesn't come from everything in life is perfect. It comes from everything in life that is happening to me is actually perfect for what I need and I can handle it all. And it's my responsibility how I decide to take that and what story I give to it. So one person can get divorced and say it was the worst experience of their life or one person get cheated on and say, you know what, that was the worst thing that ever happened to me. I'll never be okay. I'll never trust men. And another person can say, I got cheated on, but you know, thank goodness I got to get out of a relationship with someone who didn't value me and I get to set a standard now for, for how I'm treated in the future and I'm really happy because I'm no longer I'm no longer in this relationship I don't want to be in and that was the biggest blessing of my life. So you can have two people in the same situation give it different stories. The people that are vibrating up here are literally just telling themselves a better story. It's not that their life is easier. It's not that like God handed out more blessings to them. It's just that they tell themselves a better story, which makes them resourceful. And in turn, they can handle challenges and they can do more and give more value to the world. And I honestly believe the more that you give, the more that you get back, you know? I absolutely, absolutely love that. It's it's such a shift in perspective. I, I feel like this is what it is. It's like, you know, we... I always talk about this, like what we need to survive and to be okay is so little. And we base our lives in that need of survive. And then, you know, we make everything else to be a need so that we can um, validate or, or, or say, yeah, well, but I need that. So I might might as well get it instead of saying, no, that's my desire and I don't need it, but I want it. And it really is like a shift in perspective of how we see the things because I wake up every day and I ask myself, 
what is the story that I'm telling the world? What is the story that I'm writing? What's my story today? Because I think that that's literally what it is. It's not that everything is perfect. And especially for people um, like us that talk a lot about positivity and talk a lot about high vibration and, you know, the people that say, oh, what does that's such a new age thing to say, you know, that's just happy life, you know, bypassing everything. But the truth is, it's like that gratitude for everything as you talk about, you know, your gratitude project, that gratitude for what is happening for you, it really, mm. it's not about what's happening to you, it's how you respond to what's happening to you and the perspective mm-hmm. about your own story and what you decide to to share with the world. And based on that, because I don't think that successful people are the people that have it the ease, the most easiest, as you said. I think it's more like they've decided to do something different, uh, not what society told them to do or, or how they should be feeling based on their current situations and physical realities. It's like, well, physically right now or in this 3D world right now, you have so many things that are going against you. So you should be depre- depressed. You should, you know, be sad. You should do this and that. And it's like, but that's such a programming because we have yeah. the choice to feel how we feel. And it's so beautiful. Also, the part that you're saying about what is success to us, because mm. I also believe that especially as my business grow and as I make a lot more money and as people come into my world and as it, it, it moves so fast, it's growing so fast that I keep on asking myself, you know, at this point, you could feel the pressure of like buying a bigger house and going for more trips and more and more investments and like, you know, achieving the things or, or accumulating the things that everybody told you that that's success. But at the end of the day, what is it really that we desire? Like for you, what is your your own your own definition of success? It's a lot of different areas in my life. My uh, success for me is my kids being happy and us feeling connected to each other. That's definitely a big one. I think that um, you know some and everyone's going to be different. Some people's version of success is my kids do really well at school. Mm-hmm. Or my kid wins awards in his sports carnival. Mine is my kids are really happy and we are connected. You know, if I ever feel disconnected from them, then I'm like, okay, we need to shift and adjust something. Something's not right right now. Um, my definition of success in relationships, in my relationship is that we're happy and joyful. We make each other laugh and, and we're constantly, you know, asking ourselves, how do I make this other person feel loved and and have their cup be totally filled and and for them to feel appreciated and loved. You know, success in my business is when I sit down to work, do I feel excited about what I'm doing and do I feel adequately rewarded for the work that I'm doing? And if I'm ever like, you know, if I ever have a project or a collaboration with someone and I'm like, oh, you know, this work, it doesn't feel good or I you know I feel like I deserve more for what I'm doing then it's like well no it's it's a big no it's like I'm only going to do work that feels really good for me and it's the same with food you know back to food like success Mm -hmm. with food is eating things that make you feel good and really enjoying them and again it's this whole thing of you know step away from it has to be deprivation and go you know what I can eat an abundance of plants and I can find ways to make them taste good. Like the stuff that's packaged in the supermarket, like chocolate bars and cookies don't taste good compared to the stuff you can make at home. Mm -hmm. Like you can make the most delicious food and you can learn and you can search and research and you can go and find people on social media who make yummy foods or join programs. Like I've got a, a full program full of recipes with whole foods that are delicious People will try them and be like, I actually can't believe this is good for me. Like, I can't believe this has got nothing bad, like no sugar. I can't believe that people would choose to eat packaged tripe over what we could make at home. Mm. Like success in, you know, in your health is, you know, am I working constantly amazing? Like there's success in so many different areas for so many different things. And I think it's just about constantly evaluating and asking yourself, do I feel good right now? Mm-hmm. Because you can think success is buying the Mercedes Benz, but you buy it and you don't feel good. Was that really what success looked like to you? Or is it what you thought it looked like because of what you see on TV and in the movies, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. it's. I think it's the same as like the three bites. 
into food. It's like you could get it and then afterwards you're like just kind of chasing the same feeling over again. So if it doesn't come from from a wholeness place inside of us and, and from that understanding, I think I usually ask myself, when it, when it comes to doing something new or chasing a new goal or success or, or or doing a big purchase like that or whatever, it's always like what feels expansive right now? What feels most mm. expansive right now? And then that would be, you know, that kind of expansion that, you know, it's evolution and growth, of course. But but what is because you just mentioned your 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 whole platform with, you know, recipes. And I think that's so exciting. Is that the health hub? Yes. Yeah, the health hub. And can you just tell me a little bit about what that is? So it's an online wellness platform. And really my goal with it was to just be able to meet people where they're at with food. So wherever you are, you'll learn how to incorporate more whole foods into your diet. There's hundreds of recipes and they're so delicious. And like, you know, vegan and pet, like it, it caters for all the dietary needs as well. Um, not all vegan, but like there are vegan recipes, vegan sections, everything's gluten and dairy free, um, all the good stuff. Then we have at home exercise, like beginner, intermediate, advanced. So if you're like, I've never done yoga in my life, you can go and do a beginner's yoga class from home. Like if you've kind of done it quite a bit and you're more advanced, you can go do that. We do meditations because I think it's really important that people learn how to still the mind. But also on top of that, we have mindset guides. So little projects that people can print out and work on around improving their mindset and the stories that they're creating around their life. So, you know, looking at, like we were just talking about, looking at the areas of their life and asking themselves, okay, well, what does success look like here? Or, you know, getting clear on previous stories they've told themselves. Um, we have like crystal guides and we teach people how to, you know, how to work with the moon and we do new moon rituals. Oh my and God, I love rituals that. And there's so much in there, but really the basis of it in the beginning and the heart of it was bringing people back to food. Because what we eat creates us. Our cells are constantly regenerating. And what creates the fresh new cells is what we put into our body. So if you want to have glowing skin, you want to eat foods that promote that. If you want your digestion to be good and your gut to feel good, eat foods to promote gut healing. And most of these things are found in nature and are really simply prepared and when you feel good, when you feel really good in your body, like when you feel energized and you wake up feeling good and you don't have the 3 p.m. I'm exhausted crash thing, you can do so much more and you can be so much more. And I think there are so many people out there with this unlimited potential that they've never tapped into because they've got brain fog from mm -hmm. too much sugar or, you know, they're dealing constantly with digestive issues or IBS or something like that because they're eating foods that don't fit in with their biological makeup and what they need to be eating. And so bringing people back to something so simple, we need to eat every single day, right? Like we need to, we yeah. got to eat. Doing it properly can change your entire life because all of a sudden you don't have something weighing you down and pushing you back like brain fog, digestion, or even just the, you know, the physical aspects of it, you know, bad skin, um, like cloudy uh, red bits in the whites of your eyes, um, you know, again, like just even grayness on people's skin. Like you can see when someone isn't nourishing with whole foods because their skin has like a gray tinge to it and the skin on their face and, you know, their lips are dry and their eyes are dry and their hands look, you know, their nails are all chipping and it's like, it's, this is food. <laughs> like mm -hmm. you can fix these things with food. And I think, it does take a while, you know, it's not a quick fix. You don't just start eating, like you don't need a salad and you're like, wow, my hair looks better. Um, in the same way that you don't go to the gym and like lift weights for, you know, an hour and then go, wow, I've got these really big muscles. Like it takes time. And so what I love about what we created in the hub is there's a community there and it is made to be a lifetime program. So you always have access to the content that's there, but you've also got all of the women in the program supporting and cheering you on and you've got an accountability coach everyone gets an accountability coach and so you know you get in there and there's kind of no reason why you would fail unless you stop doing it unless mm. you stop focusing on your health and I think health is a constant journey and there are a few things in life that if we can constantly be thinking to ourselves this is something I'm always going to be working on and the analogy I like to use is 
you know, you clean your house and then it gets dirty again. Like pretty much the second you finish cleaning it, it's dirty again. Like there's already dust on something or the dishes are piling up in the kitchen. Like cleaning your house is not a job you start and finish. It's something you just consistently do throughout your entire life, right? And your health is the same and your relationships are the same and your, you know, never ending learning and desire for knowledge and and education is, is something that will never end as well. And if you can see health as... Just I'm always going to be learning. I'm always going to be getting better. I'm always going to be, you know, kind of focusing on this in some capacity. And you just open yourself up to that. It releases the resistance of this has to be hard. You know, when you take away the end date and you just say, you know what, this is just something I'm always going to be working on and I'm always going to be learning and I'm going to make mistakes and I'm going to eat stuff that makes me feel bad and I'm going to try crazy, stupid diets and I'm going to deprive myself and then that's (laughs) not going to feel good. Like if you just open yourself to, I'm always going to be playing around with this and my body is going to change, especially as women, because we are cyclical, not just through the month, but also through our lifetimes, we go through different hormonal changes and we need different foods at different times you know understanding this is just a journey I'm constantly on it's just it's almost freeing knowing that because you stop trying to get to this end result of losing you know 10 kilos or you know or or being able to be vegan or whatever is that is your goal and you go no I'm just I'm always doing this this is just a part of who I am now I'm always working on my health you know that is so true because I feel like we when it comes to food and wellness we have this like very masculine goals of like okay you know in one month I'm gonna lose 10 pounds and and in one month I'm gonna see I'm gonna try out this fast and then see how it goes and then we go back to the same things and I believe that if we can see it as a lifetime evolution and this is the way I actually see everything nowadays instead of saying okay I want this by the end of the month or I want this in three months or six months is looking at something that is consistent in our lives. It's like, if I can just say my goal is to better my relationship with food and better the, the eats, the, the food that I eat slowly and sustainably, I think that's better than, than this masculine goals of like, you know, you have a chance to fail and you mostly will fail because of the pressure of, of that, you know, mm-hmm. um, timeline that you put yourself in. So that is so interesting. Yeah. And I think if you put uh, no, not so much goals, but feelings, especially to things around food. Like, you know, my feeling that I want to embody within myself always, which is not a destination, it is a constant, is I want to feel grounded, but I also want to feel light and I want to feel flexible and I want to feel lean. I want to feel those things. And so instead of focusing on I want to do the splits. I want to weigh this many kilos. It's like, okay, well, they're like really specific things that I could hit and I could achieve, but what happens once I've achieved them? Do I stop being healthy? Mm-hmm. Because now I've, I'm at this weight or I can do the splits. No, it's like, I want to always feel flexible, light, lean and grounded. So I'm going to consistently be doing the things that makes me that person. You know what I mean? Absolutely. Absolutely. I I love that idea, Angie. And and thank you so much for sharing that. It's like not really focusing on the goal, which it will happen eventually, right? Because that's going to be a byproduct of, you know, a lifestyle that that kind of gets you there and that is supporting you. And and you're not even probably going to do the splits and probably, you know, lose the 10 kilos, but it's going to be even more and you're going to be surprised, but not towards killing yourself towards the goal um, and and sacrificing (laughs) so much to the end of like, yeah, getting it done and then going back to the very beginning of the story. So this is, this is the thing about it as well. Like I feel like when people set goals for themselves around food, they don't actually realize that the goal is them chasing a feeling. So if you ever speak to someone and you go really deep with them around, like if they said, I want to lose 10 kilos and you say, why do you want to lose 10 kilos? Because I want to fit in that dress that I used to fit into. Why do you want to fit into that dress that you used to fit into? Because when I wore it, I felt really confident. You know, I felt sexy. I felt really good. And so then I'm actually chasing to lose the weight. They're chasing to feel confident and sexy again. Mm -hmm. And so it all comes back to that. And so I think for anyone listening who's like, oh, I have this goal around my body or my health, asking yourself, okay, what is my goal? Why do I want it? Why do I want that? And keep asking yourself why until it comes to a feeling and it's no longer a result, but a feeling. And then that's the feeling you're embodying. And then I think you know, if you can just ask yourself every day, 
what does, for that particular example, what does a sexy and confident person do? And a sexy and confident person nourishes their body. They move in a different way, you know, like they do certain things. And so if you ask yourself those questions, and like you said, you kind of do the actions that get you to where you want to go. And your goal is a byproduct of the feeling. You know what I mean? And the feeling stays with you wherever the goal is, you know? And and that's such an inward process of of really getting to the bottom of what it is that you want. And the same thing with success in all areas of your life. It's like, how is it that you really want to feel at every given moment, not mm-hmm. just one moment, but what is the feelings that will bring you the most peace and the most love and the most certainty and groundedness, like all those things. So I think that's such a, a big piece to take out of this one. Thank you so much for sharing that one. I think the idea of focusing on how is it that we want to feel and nourishing our way into those feelings, it's a better way than, you know, putting those goals and and then feeling so bad when we're not hitting them and things like that. So so the last question that I have for you here and I'm really interesting to know it's so the whole idea of Mystic Podcast is the idea of bridging the gap between being a human who, you know, perhaps have goals and pressure and stress and, you know, this whole idea of emotional intelligence and having to eat a certain way. And we also have the spirit, which is the one that just wants it all and it's beyond all and it's, you know, very general in the sense of of how it thinks and how, how it breathes. So how do you personally navigate your life through both because I know that you have moved through as your spiritual part of you and you meditate and you're very into um the bigger purpose and the the big mission here but in a day-to-day life how does that look like of the integration of being all that you are as a human a mom a CEO like all the things are happening in your life at the same time as being being a spirit Um, I feel like this is the kind of space where explaining this, I feel like your listeners will get it. I believe um, I'm not this body. I'm not this physical body because when the physical body goes, I believe that the energy that I experience right now lives on. And I'm also not my mind because when I'm not thinking, I still exist if this makes sense. So I'm not my body, but I'm not my mind. So essentially I'm just consciousness or awareness. Mm -hmm. And whenever I feel feelings of overwhelm or whenever I feel like I'm being challenged around something, the thing that really brings me back to calm and joy again is I am energy. I am just consciousness. I'm just awareness experiencing what is happening within this mind, within this body, the mind and the body end, but the consciousness doesn't. And my belief, honestly, is that this energy and consciousness that I am is connected to every single other living thing. We are Mm -hmm. all connected. We're just experiencing this level within our bodies. And when things get overwhelming, you know, when things get kind of crazy, I'm just like, none of it really matters. (laughs) Like it it really doesn't. Like Mm -hmm. I'm like, one day I'll be gone. One Mm -hmm. day I'll be gone. And like really, like one day this mind and this body will be gone. And what I really want to make sure that I work on right now is having the best time I possibly can playing in whatever this is. Like I'm just playing in it. Like I just, I'm here to have a good time. I don't know what that looks like. I'm here to learn some cool things, but it's going to end one day. My mind will be gone. My body will deteriorate. You know, I'll be buried or I'll be burnt into ashes, whatever will happen. But the energy I leave is really my legacy. And I want that to be energy of, you know what? I just had really, I had a really good time. There was so much joy. I vibrated high. I raised consciousness. I raised the energy of the world in the small, tiny speckle of stardust way that I can And when I connect back to that, nothing matters. And it's really crazy because when I get caught up in all the humanness of everything that goes on um, and I sit with this, I say to myself, I'm just awareness. I'm just aware of what's happening. I'm just aware of these thoughts and I'm aware of what this body is doing. I am the awareness. I'm not the body or the mind. I am the awareness and the consciousness 
I actually get this feeling, you know, when you're first in love with someone and you get this like tightness in your chest, like you mm. get this like, like, you know, it's, it's almost, people get butterflies in their stomach. I get like a, like a feeling in my chest when I feel really good or when I'm really like excited or I feel really grounded or whole about something. And whenever I come back to that, I get that feeling in my chest of just like, oh, so good. And it just, it literally just brings me back to that space. And so the way that I connect it is just by realizing, which sounds really ridiculous, that none of it matters, none of it matters, like at all in the big scheme of thing. My one job and my one responsibility I feel is to raise my own vibration, be joy, be the example, raise the collective energy and magic just comes from that, you know? Absolutely. Oh my God. I love you right now. You're my favorite person. I love every single thing that you just said, like, hallelujah. Amen. (laughs) I'm glad this is the podcast I share that stuff on because normally I'm like, (laughs) I won't go too deep into the weird stuff because not many people get it. (laughs) Oh my God. We're loving it. And I'm sure I can, I'm sure I can't speak for everybody else listening right now. They could just be like, this is just exactly what I needed to hear that permission of nothing really matters right now. It just matters of the experience that I'm having and how do I want that experience to be? Yeah. And you get to choose. That's the cool thing. Absolutely. You get to to decide how you feel. You get to choose the stories you tell yourself around the things that are happening. And then at the end of the day, you can go to bed and be like, none of it mattered. (laughs) What mattered mattered is how, how good I felt, what joy I felt. Like, that's it. Oh my God. Thank you so much for this conversation, for sharing your thoughts, for sharing your consciousness, for just, you know, being so open and generous about your energy. I truly appreciate this conversation and appreciate you so, so, so much. And I'm sure that after hearing all of this, there is a lot of people that want to hear a lot about the Health Hub and the Gratitude Project and all the things that are created by you. So where can they best find you and what's the project that you're most excited about at the moment? right now you can find me on Instagram mostly that's where I hang out most of the time I'm on Facebook and I have a website you can find the links to them on Instagram so it's just at gratitude underscore project or just search my name Ange A-N-G-E and then Simpson um I think I'm most excited about I'm working on something called a life scripting guide And it's just a process I do in the morning to get me back into energetic alignment with the life that I would like to live. It's a recording I listen to and I've done a free, if anyone's interested, I've done a free masterclass on just how to create your own. Um, It's in the link in my bio. And it's really just, it excites me because essentially it's, it's manifestation. It's getting you into the energy of what you want to create. So you essentially just call it in. Mm. Um, And I, you know, I, I think my, most of my work has been so much around health um, and I've not spoken too much about manifestation and more the spiritual side of what I do too much. And so it's been really exciting to be able to share it and to have such a beautiful response. We've had, you know, in a short amount of time, maybe like 3000 people download and watch the masterclass already. And so that's been really nice um, to be able to dive into that a little bit and to really help people to almost unconsciously unlock their power of manifesting and just the messages I receive when people like, oh my gosh, I've been doing my life scripting for a week and the craziest thing happened. And I'm like, Hey, interesting that like Mm -hmm. "Hmm, you are the energy you attract the energy that you are. It's so cool. So you can go on Instagram into the link and have a little bit of a look at that. Um, I always love what we get to do in the health hub and we get to help people to connect back to their body and food and get into alignment, you know, with how they should feel and their birthright of good health. So definitely check that out. If you've got some health goals that you want to work towards, it's all, it's totally worldwide. It's all online. Um, And yeah, just if you're watching and you're listening and you've liked this, send me a message. I love connecting with people. It's like one of my favorite things to do. It makes me feel good and brings me joy. So send me a message and say hi and tell me more about you. And I'm excited to hear from anyone listening. This is so exciting to hear. And I love the idea of bringing more of this spirituality and, you know, energetics of manifestations into what you do. Because I feel right now, you know, a lot of the women that are entering my world are in this transition of the really, you know, powerful leaders in in certain areas and in certain um, topics, but they're just kind of bringing the umbrella of a spirituality on top of everything, kind of bringing the umbrella of energetics on top of everything, because it really just 
adds on that spark of magic. And I'm so excited that you're bringing that on because you have so much to say on that topic and so much to explore. So I'm excited for you, for everybody. And it's so interesting about the the masterclass. I'm definitely going to check it out. So thank you so much, so much. And thank you all of you for listening, for being here, for sharing with us your energy and your time. And I will see you next time. Thank you. Bye-bye.